0: uh Wingman's Garage.
1: Hey This Hi. is
0: uh episode nine. Yep. Coming in loud and clear from Wingman's Garage Studio located above the luxurious Wingman's garage building.
1: Mm-hmm. Wingman's garage?
0: The tower. The garage. The, of the, the, tower. Garage, yes. the
1: tower of power.
0: <laughs> Something like tower that.
1: Tower of power. Isn't that jump around?
0: Yes. Jump around. Jump around. Oh I'm gonna stop there.
1: Yeah. Just, no, jump, jump up. Jump garage. <laughs> <your ass>. <laughs>
0: Oh, Ooh. see, it was...
1: That's Guy Martin. Oh, and that's what made him crash. Yep, that's, that's what He is out cold. Yes. Oh, he hurt himself on that one. Well, oh. Let's skip this one.
0: Well, while we're skipping that, this is Chris, the wingman.
1: Tyler! Hey, it's Daniel, the pretty boy.
0: He's just Tyler now. Yeah, what? no more... No more hedgehog?
1: No more... Did we retire the hedgehog?
2: I'm having identity crisis issues. He's oh. having personality issues.
0: He skits up right now. You need your medication. He does.
2: Pills are good.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, God. Anyways, anyway. We're actually in the middle of a really nice warm spell.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's
0: 72 oh, degrees today and sunny, mm-hmm. and I did about that much riding.
1: I did riding for about 25. I went riding
0: for about 25 minutes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I don't <But> want to,
1: <laughs> but I will.
0: So... Our Daniel had a little incident this yeah, weekend. Daniel he, laid the bike down this weekend. Uh, but luckily, he can. We can
1: say he is relatively unharmed. I am fine. I am just a little sore. The bike. I will say this. I will say this about BMWs. They crash very well. Their plastics are incredibly thick, um, <laughs> so they don't shatter like Japanese bikes do. Um, I. This is. I will. It's one hundred. Fifty percent my fault. Wow. I got off at the wrong exit, and I was telling myself, "You're a dummy." For getting off at the wrong exit, and then when I realized I was too hot into the corner, it was too late. So I had to stand it up, run it in the grass, and then got in the grass. Tried to get on the rear brake to help slow down, but it—I just lost it. Um, I was not a happy camper. Luckily, there's my new, a bright side. There is a bright side. My new helmet didn't get scratched. My jacket is my new jacket is actually doesn't have a scratch on it um the only thing that really got messed up I had uh um, wow you could have ended up like that I, I didn't end up like that sorry <laughs> we were it was a the last the next to the last turn at the Northwest 200 and a guy tucked the front and the bike caught on fire it went so, up in a ball of flame um but it was uh the bikes just scratched up I didn't break a lever I didn't um the mirrors are just kind of Turned the wrong way. Uh, the headlights didn't get broken. Um, it's just a little scratched up. You still running the stock mirrors? Yeah, the stock mirror. Well, we can't. Yeah, I can't run the the new CRGs because the bars are threaded and I can't get the bolt to go in far enough to let me mount it flush. Oh, gotcha. So I called CRG on that and they's like they're like yeah well you're kind of screwed. So I'm like oh okay fine. We we'll just get you new bars. I might do that. It just depends on how it goes. But anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay. The bike's fine. I rode the bike home. So mechanically, it's fine. It rode straight. And, you know, I wrapped I on it a little bit just to make sure everything was running right, And it was fine. It, it pulled hard and pulled fine. And it's just. Leave it to my 86 year old grandfather to find the humor in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> but I told him, I was like, yeah, you should be pretty on the left hand side. and he looks at it and goes, Heck, I just leave it like that. Now it's got character. And I was like, "Thanks, Papaw." <laughs> but um, yeah, it is a Beamer. It is a Beamer. But it's it. The bike's fine. I can't. I'm still gonna. I got to replace the left hand. All I got to do, really, replace is the left hand slider. All right. So anybody out there that is buying a sport bike, put frame sliders on. I don't care what company you go with. I'm going to suggest R and G because. That's what I have on my bike, and I have now field tested it, and nothing is broken except the art, the uh, frame slider arm got a little bent.
0: And there's a lot of good companies out there that yeah. build decent frame sliders, but I will say try to avoid the no-cut yeah. style just because they're not built strong enough to withstand anything mm-hmm. more than tipping it over in your parking lot or in your
1: garage. Put it this way. If you don't see it on a race team don't put it on there right because race team guys if it's on a satellite team or a national level team they know what they're talking about because those guys crash bikes like i change socks Hmm. so just go with that rng's good vortex is good if they're their quality's kind of falling off a little bit but rng i'm going to suggest rng because there's they're in World Superbike, British Superbike, AMA, the whole nine yards. So, RNG is the way to go personal. But there are, you know, Woodcraft and um, what's the... Sato. Uh, Sato's good. No, what's the um, LSL? Okay, yeah. They're really yeah. good. Uh, but, yeah, put frame sliders on your bike. It's worth everything. That's the first thing you need to do. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to put a pipe on it, this, that, and the other. No, put frame sliders on it. Yeah, Trust me. But other than that... Yeah, all I, all I really need to do is maybe I'm going to take it, start tearing it down, and I might have to, because there's a black piece that holds the up the side fairing and the bottom little spoiler on the bottom, I'll probably have to buy another one of those just because it's textured in black and you can't fix that True. It's when it gets scratched. So I'm actually, in talking with Tina's boss, he's like, I'll bring it by, we'll look at it and see if it's fi- saveable, and if it is, we'll fix it. So. There you go. Cool, I might get it reshot to else and everything else. Right, we'll call it a day.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to do much riding myself. Uh, I had the 14 torn apart. Uh, torn apart. Put a, pot, Put a, a pot? pot. What are you in Boston now? Uh, we are watching ride a pot, so hey, I figured. No, I, we're not. We were.
1: Well, they didn't sound like ride. that sound like that. Shush.
0: <laughs> Just shush. Ride a pot. Anyways, yeah, I tore the 14 apart so I could get the uh, odometer reprogrammed legally yeah, um, to reflect the actual mileage on the bike. So,
1: and why are you doing that again?
0: May or may not have something to do with the Hypermotard.
1: Yeah. It, yeah the, for those of you who haven't figured this out yet, the 14 is up for sale. So if you would like a very good ZX-14, get in contact with Chris. Yes, 12,500 miles on it. Great it, bike. The black um, and red. I actually
0: don't want to get rid of it, but what I need to do... I have to make it happen. Um, but, yeah, so I've had that torn apart. And uh, the guys up at BlueGauges.com, I'll give them a shout-out just because yeah. they were incredibly helpful and really, really quick with this. Um, I sent the gauges out, I think, uh, Wednesday. They got it Friday and sent it back to me Saturday.
1: Oh, wow. They did uh, do that quick. Yeah.
0: And the gauges would have been in my hands today if it wasn't for the fact that I wasn't here to sign for them. So I will get them in the morning. Um and super reasonably priced, and they do actually go to make sure that everything is legit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if you don't have the old gauges or the receipt uh, where it shows the the correct odometer meeting, uh, reading at that moment in time, sure, they won't touch it. Oh, cool! And you've got to send in a copy of your uh, your title and verify who you are. So they're pretty you have legit. to verify
1: that you actually own this vehicle. Yes, and that's also that that awesome. you're not that's doing this to them. try
0: to beat some law in California about yeah. registering out of the out of state vehicles.
1: Uh, smart move good for them very
0: smart so big shout out to blue gauges uh, thank you very much can't wait to get it back on because as much as i am going to be selling that black i miss riding it uh, but i did get to finish for the most part the gladius
1: you did get to, i just gladius wrote it today. i wrote it this, i wrote it when i got here yeah, yeah. SBs um, are so much fun they're a little <laughs> underpowered compared to what i'm used to writing now but they're so much fun yeah and that, again i
0: as i told daniel earlier listening to it as he wrote off that bike actually sounds really good with it just being a slip on. It sounds better than it should. It sounds better than it does on the bike.
1: What's really fun is when you get like a pack of fifteen of them <laughs> at a racetrack, around a lightweight superstock race, and they just rah, rah, and they start. <laughs> so much fun! And then you've got—I mean, they're not—you might top out at one hundred thirty-five, one hundred forty miles an hour, but you can throw a blanket over the top six. So much fun! Right. Now. We'll talk about that later.
0: I know uh, Tyler hasn't done any riding this
1: weekend, but... But he did go somewhere (laughs) extra fun. Tell us about it. Let's get dirty. Without coughing your lungs up. Oh, uh, speaking of dirty,
2: talk about some racing action. For any of y'all out there listening that are Supercross fans, I'm sure you've watched the race this weekend. And if you thought it was exciting on TV, holy crap, you should have been there in person. Um I'm not even sure really where to start. From the the, uh, the trip down was uh, uh, worse than usual. Ran into some traffic outside of Chattanooga. Ended up sitting in a standstill for two hours, so our three-and-a-half-hour trip ended up being a five hour or six-hour trip by
0: the time it was all said and done. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, horrible. Um, Luckily, you had Waze.
2: I actually didn't use
0: Waze until the way back. Right? But hang on. Did you use the
2: uh, Morgan Freeman voice? Uh-huh. I'm, i have it i'm still trying to figure ways out there's a lot of stuff i don't understand um it's pretty simple straightforward but like i can't figure out why people's little casper the ghost things or whatever pop up on the map i was
1: gonna say like you're making hand gestures this is an audio show so yeah. we about that you <laughs> don't understand what you're doing
2: use your imagination
0: patreon
1: anyway
2: as i make a box with my hands yeah um so yeah I don't, I don't know i noticed it leaves a little like and you can hit it and it's somebody's name it'll say like speed over 40 miles an hour whatever. yeah but they're not actually moving on the map and then they disappear mm-hmm. so i don't know still some stuff i got to figure out but anyways uh saved my my uh a couple times uh on the way back up um so to all you other wazers out there that may have been traveling north on 24 the other night thank you for alerting everybody else yes um, where the little speed traps sort.
0: <laughs> and if you're riding, I highly suggest if you don't already have it, download Waze. W-A-Z-E Plugging them just simply because they're freaking awesome. Free app, worth every. non-pay. Oh, is
1: it free? Pay. I thought it was pay. Oh, it's no, free. I might end up having to get it now.
0: Yep. You have to get it. Gonna. Uh, uh, gonna have to add Morgan Freeman though onto the list of things. Yeah. So sadly, he doesn't say enough to be truly entertaining. But that's yeah. uh, kind of like our, does he
1: say yeah. does he say fuck from Wanted? No. Hearing Morgan Freeman say, This motherfucker is probably one of the highlights of my movie.
0: Yeah, no, it's only from, uh, from was it, London Has Fallen? Uh, It's why his voice is on there. He's promoting that. But
2: continue. Uh, So, so. anyways, got down there. um, Started our day out by going to the pits. um, And we went, of course, tickets were provided by Parts Unlimited. um, So, again, uh, once again... uh, Thank you for another great year uh, of Supercross racing. Uh, to Parts Unlimited, I, I will say I do have a little bit of critiquing. Together. Last year I went to Supercross down there, and we got to the pits, and the food was amazing. They had grilled chicken and corn, and uh, I don't know, I can't remember everything they had. I think we had ribs, but anyway, right. smorgasbord of food. So this year they went with pizza that tasted like Tony's that had been under a heat lamp for about four hours so well, you know beggars can't be true yeah i say i can't say too much because i still got free tickets to the race and you I got, got free, fed free pit passes and i got food but what a guy next time <laughs> uh being that i don't usually set that well with pizza in general you know um, I, I gotta be kind of careful about what i eat getting down there and realizing, hey i probably should have stopped because i don't know what this pizza is or where it came from um uh, a little bit of us came as a surprise, but anyways. Other than that, again, parts unlimited guys, thank you for the for the opportunity. Uh, next, I want to thank Chad Johnson over at Bell because after we ate, we walked around the pits a little bit. We kind of saw everybody. I shot some some pictures uh, of some of the guys doing some work on the bikes. Uh, your usual pit stuff, your pit party. Uh, of course, you know, had to go in and get a couple selfies with some of the monster girls. Uh, excuse me, rock star girls. I actually, did not run into a single monster girl really? while was down there this No time. Kelly, huh? Couldn't find them anywhere. I don't, uh, I don't know where they went. They didn't come you to You weren't party. looking hard enough. So I probably wasn't. But that being said, I wasn't looking hard enough because I was busy, thanks to Chad Johnson, who is um, a Southeastern representative for Bell Helmets.
0: And also the man himself. <coughs> um, it's kind of funny. Whenever he uh, comes over and we go to lunch, uh, he always gets mistaken for another Chad Johnson that's a racer. Huh? Don't ask. Me. Okay, but, whatever. Rockstar. <laughs> but it's awesome.
2: Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to him, I was actually uh, able to go into the uh, Motorsports. Uh, I keep wanting to say Motorsports. Motorcycle Superstore uh, racing rig. So I met Kyle Cunningham, uh, the guys that are racing to them, the mechanics. Uh, talked to the guy a little bit as he was working on one of the bikes while he's putting a clutch in. Um, and then, again, got to tour the rig, got to see kind of their it's not as spectacular as you would think, you know, it's kind of, they got a little lounge area in the front. Um, and then they've got like a kind of changing area where it really just kind of collects stuff. Um, but it's, it's a good spot for the riders to change it out of their, their dirty gear, um, above it. But holy crap. at What is in those rigs? Oh yeah. The thing is I went through three of them and we started with motorcycle superstore and then we went to the monster energy pro circuit rigs. So of course you had Mitch Payton and, and, uh, uh bones you know the suspension tech who's pretty famous in the off-road world uh and then we went to star racing and it was like every single time i got onto the next rig they just got bigger yeah um, so the end you know they pro circuit had modified their rig star racing had modified their rig um, and and again each one had more room and it was interesting to see the different setups uh, pro circuit had a basically like a suspension testing setup inside mm-hmm. of the rig um, you're walking by and you're seeing the little labels on all the drawers and it's spare engines and you open it up and there's complete engines sitting there ready to go you know <laughs> spare frames you open up a sprocket drawer and they've got a the, stack of beef. yeah they've got the foam cut out uh, specifically for the sprockets and there's you know a stack of six and there's seven stacks of them and, and it's every size you can think of you would ever need so this uh, is what happens when you have this is what
1: happens when you have funding, kids. Yes. It's <laughs> so funny what money can do. It's amazing what funding can it do. It can't you. buy you happiness, but it sure can get you pretty damn far. It can get you
0: close. <laughs> so in other words,
2: everybody should log on to what was that site, Chris? Patreon. Oh uh, yes, that reminds me we do have a <laughs> Patreon
0: page now. So if you like what you're listening to and you want to hear us do more and actually some be able to see what we're doing, woohoo! Take, take I don't up. know if they want to see what this is. is.
1: This means I'm going to have to start running again. I'm going to have to get a sensor <laughs> bar.
0: <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, <laughs> patreon.com backslash Wingman's Garage. Check
1: it out. Anyway, back to the story.
2: So, <clears throat> finished up looking through the rigs, talking to everybody, talking to the techs. Again, great time. And by the time all this get got done, it was about 6.15. Main event starts at 7, so it's time to leave the pit area and make our way over to the Georgia Dome. Which apparently... They're building another one. I, yeah, I'm getting to figure that out. Uh, it, it is massive, I will tell you that. Um, they had started on it last year, and it's it's amazing what they do from one year to the next. Oh yeah. If Nashville Road Crews would take cue from that, we might be driving through anyway. constructionless zones. But that's a whole other story. So <laughs>
1: they've been working on that zone on 65
2: three and a half before,
1: years. No, since before you got here. Yeah, they've been working on that since my senior year of high school.
2: In other words, it'll never end. No. Um, So, got on to the main event. We uh, went out. Of course, you got your heat races. um, They did an interesting thing. First time, got to witness this. um, Brand new this year. uh, And this was actually the first race they did it at. They now have what they're calling the NASCAR Full Shot Show. I saw this.
1: I saw Me and
2: Dallas were watching this a little bit. You talk about some entertaining fun. Oh, these are some
1: morons, but it's good fun. We've seen
2: some little stuff they've done in the past. Some things work, some things don't. Usually they don't really take off all that well. Most people are just interested in the race. But this was some exciting stuff. So they got Greg Biffle. um, Clint uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, Danica Patrick was there. Kurt Busch was there. um, uh, Who was it? I can't remember. They had...
1: That somebody dropped
2: the gate. Yeah, Stanhouse Junior. was there. Uh, one other, or well, two others. One other that was running, and I can't think of who it was offhand. Um, and then they had um, somebody. Uh, yeah. Anyways, one of the champions was was actually dropping the gate. So the way this works is they drew a lot, painted a line across the end of the start stretch, um, which actually the events they will probably decide to pull that back a little bit further in the next couple few events. But anyways. Take four NASCAR drivers, and in any town that Supercross is in that NASCAR is also going to be in, they have essentially a whole shot race. So they got four guys lined up against the gate, gate drops, and you're shooting for the whole shot. Pretty simple. They come out of this gate. <laughs> they were coming
1: out hard. And I watched it on Holy TV. crap. Uh,
2: Greg Biffle got the best jump out of the gate.
1: Biffle.
2: <laughs> and he biffed. I'll say that. Yeah. Biffle. Well, Biffle was the one that uh, actually didn't win. Um, oh, so Biffle comes out of the gate, he's on the Honda, and he pulls out, and you can tell he's pretty much got it sealed. Well, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you see Clint back here. Yeah, back um, Coming down from the right side. I mean, he was all the way, like, last gate pick. And he is just on the back of that bike, pinned, elbow down, wide open, as best as he can go. And they're riding 450s. And he comes out, and at the last possible second, he crosses with about one uh, about a front wheels width in front of Greg Biffle. The thing well, about it is, is the thing. <laughs> he came in so hot. I don't even think Ken Roxon or, or James Stewart could have made that turn.
1: <laughs> no, he biffed. It was pretty funny because we were watching this. Me and Dallas were watching it. We we're like, oh my god! He come
2: clear off of the track and just slammed into one of the big tough blocks on the side of the stadium. Oh. Cool thing being, he got up was was perfectly fine. And the first thing he did was went into the Atlas muscle Man pose because he knew he'd want it. Yeah. And crowd was on their feet. Greg Biffle, if you watch the, the replay of it, it's in the background sitting next to his bike, you know, pumping the crowd up with his arms and uh, really was some great stuff. And I will say I, I, one thing, too. I was impressed with those guys because all of them are motorcycle riders or have been. Boyer yeah. um, Boyer's actually his brother, and I can't think of his first name right now, was teammates with uh, Travis Pastrana in the late 90s on Factory Chad, Suzuki. Uh, Chad Bowers? I think so. I think it was, it was Chad. Chad. Um, so obviously he had raced. He'd been yeah. in arena cross before. Although to quote him, he said, "I started on the back, so I didn't even make the main gate."
1: Yeah. Um,
2: which, if you've never seen an arena cross series, uh, watch one at one arena cross race, you'll understand they have two starting lines, one in front of the other. Well, Jimmy Johnson was racing for forever. Jimmy Johnson is who was there. He yeah. was the one that dropped the gate. I don't know why. I could not think of his name. He's the biggest name in NASCAR right now, probably. Um, but yeah, so he dropped the gate. But, again, very impressed because all of them came out, and Stein, I think Stenhouse Jr. or Stenhouse, however you pronounce it, uh, I, you know, you could tell. I want to say he was the one. He's kind of struggling to get the bike into Willie. but I tell you, Boyer and Biffle, they came out back wheel, nose wheel up, 12 o'clock wheelie on a dirt bike, and rode it all the way down the start straight. Yeah. So I was definitely impressed. i love to see some other motorsports guys get out there and they, that aren't on two wheels. I mean, you'd expect Valentino Rossi or somebody to be able to do that. Oh,
1: rossi wow. But to them. see
2: somebody come out of NASCAR and do that,
1: that's yeah, pretty awesome. Oh, so uh, this is, no, this is what needs to happen. Since the NASCAR boys are doing it, fine. That's all well and good. Let's get... I vote, we need to get... Oh, somebody who won't get hurt. <laughs> Hang on. Let's put... Steph Curry... Von Miller... And Alex Rodriguez, and see who hurts, who crashes first. (laughs) Let's see what happens. (laughs) That would be entertaining to me. But anyway, so um, yeah, again,
2: very impressed with them. Entertaining. Um, On that note, the main event and the heat races. um, Malcolm Stewart. That is a guy that you need to look out for. I think he um, he's about to eclipse his brother. Um, Mm. I think James. You know, who did come back to racing. He did run the full race. Um, But Malcolm was on fire. He came out in the first heat race, won with a 10.7 second lead over second place. I mean, there was no catching him. Uh, So he'd come out, then, you know, go through heat races. Uh, Typically about what you'd expect out of everybody. Um, Stewart actually came out and was running in second in in the first heat race for the 450 class. Yeah. So everybody, of course, was all excited. He's back. He's doing good. Uh, He goes down in the sand section on, like, the third lap, just pushing a little too hard probably for his first time back, tucked the front end, um, got back up, and did okay, Um, come out, and then, you know, through his his semi-race, obviously placed the main event, but you could kind of tell Stewart wasn't Stewart on the bike. The bike was, you know, uh, bobbing around a little bit more than it usually does. He, He was letting it do things that it, you know, where he usually kept it under control. And maybe it was a shape thing. Maybe it was a mental thing because he hadn't raced in so long. He's got yips. Um, but nonetheless, he come out. He ran. He ended up getting lapped in the main event. And yeah. To, like, I think an 11th eleventh place finish. 11th or 14th. I, I honestly don't remember. I think I know these things.
1: Um, <laughs> you were
0: only there. <laughs> he was just boggled by it.
2: Was, I, was, I was boggled by watching the main event. So the 250 class, these guys come out. They're rocking and rolling. Martin Davalos gets off to an early lead. And Malcolm Stewart commences the chase down. Yeah. Um, so we get about probably halfway through the main event, like eight or so, and uh, one of the uh, Troy Lee KTM boys goes down, and um, he's down in the sand section right behind a dragon's back jump, which you, you can't see over. Yeah. Um, so he goes down, picks, trying to pick the bike up. The bike is sideways on the track. And the flaggers run out, and they try to point Malcolm, out, you know, and everybody get everybody over. Malcolm comes through there, gets over to the outside, and then jumps to the inside uh, over the jump, thinking that somebody's down, I guess, probably yeah. on the other side of the wall, not realizing they're a little bit further back. So he jumps clean into the side of the bike. I mean, just oh, nose first, right into it. I think he hit the bike before he hit the ground, uh, or Jesus, before his bike geez, screen, hit the ground. Just nailed it, immediately went down, and... So he jumps back up. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's done, lost the race." Yeah. He commences to jump back on the bike and start running down Martin Davalos again.
1: And he's on a Honda, right?
2: He is. Okay. And he gets the last lap. He is in with within fifteen feet of Davalos. Oh, wow. wow! So he runs. He gets down, and like I said, pulls this pull sucks him back in and almost passes him the last corner of the race. These two guys cross, and Malcolm's front wheel as at the back wheel of Martin is oh, You talk about oh. a crazy watch, a crazy race, and to think that he, he called him wrecked and called him again just shows the raw speed that Malcolm has come
1: out well, with. Well, it's of the not like his bloodlines haven't done that before. Right. Bubba <laughs> did it before, too. I remember watching when Bubba first jumped into the big boy class. He would be dead last. He'd crash out be dead last, and then pick it up and then chase Ricky or whoever was in first down and win. So he's got a very, very, very good teacher in his brother. He may not be doing too hot right now, but I'm sorry. If I'm trying to train a kid in race motocross and Ricky Carmichael's available, I'm putting him in the ring with James. <laughs> dead serious. Because so, that kid, God. Let's get one
2: more time. But yeah, yeah. As if that, that excitement wasn't <laughs> enough. We move on to the 450 class. And they come out of the gate and first turn for Andrew Short. Um, Andrew Short had an injury back in December while training, right before the Supercross season started. Ended up uh, breaking, I believe, his collarbone. Um yeah. uh, his kind of a welcome to motorcycle so he injury. He gets healed up. He gets that and a concussion. Uh, so he's healed up for that. He's missed a lot of the races. He comes back last week, runs, has a pretty good showing, finishes, I think, 11th. Uh, Comes back this race, had a pretty decent showing again, looked like he's gonna to be in the top
1: ten.
2: And first turn out of the gate, I think it was Ken Roxon, got a little loose and tapped somebody. And there was a, a guy, he's a three-digit number, not somebody I'm real familiar with, maybe may have been a privateer um, on a Cowie. And all of a sudden you just see the second jump down the straightaway at the start of the main event. Andrew Short and the bike go sideways in the air and get completely separated from each other. That's not good. He lands, and the Kawasaki rider's bike lands right on top of him. Wow. Everybody's up on their feet looking, and you cannot see Andrew Short at all. All you see is his bright yellow Alpine Star boots sticking out from under the bike. Um, So they they pull the bike off. They get the bikes off the track. Uh, Unfortunately, obviously, he didn't finish the race. Um, and he got another concussion. So this is supposed to be his farewell year, his retirement year. Yeah. You know, last year he was pulling whole shots like crazy. Um, you know, uh, I think he got another heat win last year. Um, you know, to be 33 years old, dude's doing was doing great. Yeah. And you know, consistently a top 10 rider. And for him to come out, you know, he's he announced, you know, before he got hurt in December that that he was going to retire after this. This was his last year. And now he may possibly not even get a race anymore other than these two races. Oh, no. you know, if he does come back, we're probably looking at a couple races at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so is he going to race outdoors? I have no idea. Maybe we'll at least get a good showing for him from outdoors before he goes out. But, uh, yeah, very unfortunate there. Um, so move past that. Uh, the racing, um, Marvin can. Steps out to a very quick early lead. He did have a good – because I remember
1: watching the race. yeah. And
2: and it was actually I, – I loved seeing it because Moose did great in the 250 class. He was expected to come out and battle for wins in the, in the 450 class, and he's just – he's not been there this whole season. Yeah. And he come out on fire and just cooking it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, so Dungey's chasing him, reeling him in. Chad Reed uh, gets in third. Davey Millsaps is in fourth. Uh, Davey kind of showed Chad a tire a couple times. And Chad showed him what the veteran can do, and stepped up and walked off and left him. Um, so great to see again another veteran of the sport at 34 years old. Um, if Chad can pull a win this year, he will be the he will not be he will no longer be tied for the oldest rider to win a race, but he will be the oldest rider at 34 to ever win a Supercross race. So still rooting to see that happen before it he yeah. retires because um, don't know how much longer he's going to keep racing. But uh, so. And Running Order pretty much stayed like that for the most of the race. You had Kennard and Stewart and um, Brox and all around 10th place or so, um, kind of battling it out, kind of going back and forth a little bit before they kind of settled into a groove. And for the most part, didn't really see a whole lot of racing other than that. Um, Jason Anderson did pretty good. Uh, he got into it with a couple of guys a couple of times and, uh, and you know had a little bit of excitement there. But uh, excitement really... Stepped up uh, after the crash, um, getting closer to the end of the race. Uh, when Dungey started to reel in um, Marvin Mouskann. Yeah. And again, whole time these two are so these two get into it. They're about you know five laps to go or so, and he starts getting close enough that people are going, okay, he's he's you know Muskan's exiting the turn as he's entering the turn. He's got a chance to catch it. And you know not only is this going on, but you know guys like me, the Reed fans. And, we're sitting there watching, and Reed, in the meantime, is tuck and tail with him a two. So they're all three within a straightaway of each other. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the pack is just five, six, seven, eight seconds behind. They're back behind him, yeah. And um, so Dungy starts running him down, and they get down to the last lap, and Dungy's right there with him. They're fighting, and they run into none other than James Stewart. Now, wait a minute.
1: I remember watching this. James, in the incident, well, I'll let you go ahead and do the do this, but I have a, go ahead.
2: Uh, so, anyways, so they run into James, Stewart. so James looks up, realizes that, you know, obviously he's still got a race to run, um, but he does have the blue flag because he's getting lapped. So, blue flag obviously means the leaders are coming by, you know, don't fight with them, don't battle for a position with him, just hold your line and let him go. So, Stewart, uh, you know, maybe partially to, I, I don't really know. He, as sketchy as he was riding in some instances, I really personally think he was trying to get out of the way without just stopping and pulling over. And I think it showed because when they get going on the straight, they, after they pass the finish line jump, they're going through the whoops, you could see Stewart tucked in as far as he could to the inside. And when they pulled the next turn, he he, ducked, he kept to the inside line. Uh, he didn't try to run high. He didn't go wide. He tucked and he tried to let them go around the outside. Unfortunately, Marvin Moosecan got hung up behind him because Moosecan tried to cut and take the inside line coming back down the straight. Um, and that was where Stewart was
1: at, trying well, to get the way. Well, right, this is so. what happened from watching the replay on, on TV. It looked like Moosecan, because Moosecan had made a couple of bobbles in that lap. That's mm-hmm. how Dungie was catching him so fast. So, in watching that, they got in the whoop section, and Muskin makes a bobble, because yeah, Bubba's all the way to the left. Muskin kind of, and Dungey's behind him and sees this, and he starts trying to move over, because he knows Muskin's about to either bite it, or let have the opportunity to pass it. And Muskin starts coming over, just because he's, he's mid-screw-up. So, they get close, and they just kind of half-tangle up, and then that's what happens. Yeah, because when you're watching it from the back, from the rear shot, watching them go away from you down the whip section, you can see them do it, and it's and we had that argument that night watching it. I was like, because Dallas was like was sitting there saying, "Oh, Bubba got in the way." I'm like, I looked there, like Bubba didn't do shit. Bubba was just there. <laughs> it was yeah, all yeah. Muscain's screw
2: up. And I think even though Moosecan has won before, I think maybe his first potential win for fifty class. Yeah, I think his nerves got to him too. Yeah. They come down the startway, so they, I mean, they get around Stewart, yeah. and they're both still up. And Muskan's even still in the lead. But then coming through that next rhythm section, he just bobbles all over the yeah. place. And coming up, the dragon's back, same place where, where Malcolm screwed up earlier and t Bone the guy. All of a sudden, Muskan's bike just falls oh, yeah, out. Yeah, it's gone. And all you think is, that's it. He's going down. He might be taking Dungy with him. I'm going, Reed's going to get the win. Yeah. Uh, no. But um, Dungy manages to avoid him. I think they, they clip a little bit. But Muskan swaps to the right and then back to the left and then just shoots off the track. Yep. And initial present because you you know you can't see where he went for half a second is this dude just a shit. Yeah. And everybody stands up and about as fast as he disappeared from the track, I gotta give it to this kid because he comes around from the outside, jumps the sand berm, lands clean on the, the other side of the um, the single mound that they had after the end of the sand berm and is just pinned open wide open as fast as he can go. And still finished pretty close he to second, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't even lose enough speed to let Chad pass him. Um, so, again, Chad was, at this point, you know, Chad's probably right at one straightaway length behind him. Which, you know, in Supercross, you're talking 50 yards.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, again, for him to go off the track, screw up that bad, and gather his composure and get back on the track quick enough um, for him to not lose any positions, that was was pretty incredible to see. But overall very exciting great trip a the the best i've been to five supercross races um the best racing i've seen in any of them by far um the only one that would maybe even be close would probably be the first one i went to which is atlanta in 2008 and that was bill was in the 250 class yeah uh, and you still had you know that was stewart and reed were fighting um well, actually i'd say i've done pretty good about choosing uh choosing good good races to go to uh 2011 was pretty exciting because that was the one where uh reed and stewart battled it out really hard and then uh, stewart ended up taking out reed and cost reed the win yeah. and reed got second and i think davy Millsaps won that race and was still, i think he's still in honda mm. but um but either way atlanta always exciting this year the probably the best one yet um So definitely thankful experience, had an exciting weekend, crazy awesome fun. Um, And if you haven't seen it,
0: you've now seen it. Yeah, if you've not seen it,
2: I pretty much just told you everything. But uh, YouTube uh, pretty much always has it. If not, they replays on whatever network you have. Uh, Fox Sports 1 will probably show it about four times this week. So if you haven't seen it, um, spoiler alert.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we just told you who
0: wins. And there you go. On that note, we're going to take our break here. We're going to come back with uh, some non-dirt racing yep. uh, as we tackle World Superbike. Then we also got a question from a listener about racing. And how do you get into it? We'll so see you in a minute. We'll be back. Hey, guys. As you probably already know, um, this show is funded out of our own
1: pockets. What, uh, like, we have funding? <laughs> What's that?
0: Yeah. Funding. Um, that, basically, like, it's everything we've managed to scrape together. Sometimes I have uh, the our, corner of the couch. Oh,
1: yeah. Our couch's t- cushions have been flipped about five times already. Yeah.
0: And, uh, we don't get it. Can think dryer let
1: count?
0: It's helped. It has helped. helped. Yeah. For those of you listening, thanks for sticking with us through this entire time. But we're looking to try and do more and expand out and do greater things Because, just like you, we love the sport, we love motorcycles and everything else. To that end, we now have our own page on Patreon. Yep. Join us uh, on patreon.com backslash wingman's garage. Every single cent that we earn helps us get even further towards our dream of kind of being out there and really doing more. Mm
1: -hmm. There's other things that we could possibly talk about that we know we might have kicking around in our heads and... We'll let you guys know, and the people who fund us on Patreon will be the first ones to know.
0: So again, please, check us out on patreon.com backslash Wingmans Garage. Your support will be truly appreciated. And back to the show. So this
1: is, what, his second to First, This is the stoner's review. Yeah,
0: this is right after Nikki won.
1: Yeah. And, and with that being said... That, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Nikki. Yeah, let's talk about World Superbike. So, after watching the times and everything else, the big win, the biggest surprise was Sylvan Gensily on, on the new R1 he Yamaha. Was, yep, he was topping fr- free practice two times, and uh, topped that. And I was like, "Well, wait a minute here. He hadn't really had really been much noise coming out of them out of that team. All that all you know. So I was like, "Well, maybe we'll see what happens. Blah blah blah." So the first race starts, and everybody's kind of – there was a good six, eight guys on top of each other for most of the race. Yeah. So I'm cheering for Nikki just because it's Nikki, and something's up. He can't get into a corner well. Just can't do it. Like, first five laps, he's, he's good, then it just starts fading away. But it's the two Cowies and the two Ducatis up front. Mike And Michael Vandermark, talk about a surprise. I really hadn't heard of this guy until I was, you know, hey, he's on the factory Honda team with Mickey. Okay, cool, whatever. We'll see how he does. So in watching the race, I came away with two things from race one. Chaz Davies is a monster on the brakes because he would chase down whatever Kawasaki was in front of him. And he would close up five bike links and be on top of him and in, in going into turn one. So it's high-speed diving in corners, like, really, really high-speed entrance is really where he shines and where the Ducati shines, because the front end's really good. Um, So, there's that. And then number two, Michael Vandermark is a good shot at being a dark horse in this championship, because the way this kid was riding, and the way he was going fast is very good, because he's on a a very old bike, or a very long in the tooth development bike developed bike, and he did well. He got third in the first race, ended up getting second in the second race. Right behind Ray. Yeah. Right behind Johnny. Well I will give I will give him this. Chaz tucked the front and crashed out. Right. Now if you've seen the pictures of the pre of Chaz going into this crash, there's no coming back. Hmm. And sometimes if you tuck if you Feel the bike tucking the front. You can jam your knee in the ground. You know, put try and push the bike back up. You've only got a split second to do that. But that's the way that they save it. Um, There's no this. There was no bringing this one back. Hmm. You look. You're looking at it, and you're just like, just let go. Sorry, dude. You lost this one. But Nikki ended up fourth, race two, and that's. Again, yeah, first race as rookie yeah. sort of year in World it's, Superbike. Yeah, first time being back on a Superbike since '03. Right, totally different machines. Totally, yeah. Steel brakes, non bubblegum tires. I mean, it's. I don't. It's one of those things where you watch it and you're going, "Yeah, he's the kid. Still got it. He still can ride." He's still a fantastic racer. He doesn't. He's learning everything. I'd give him another couple of races, mm-hmm. let him get some more testing under his belt, and let him figure out the – I think they fixed the front end issue because the reason why he didn't do well in race one wasn't the rear tire went off, the front tire went off. Yeah,
0: massive tire problems in this race. Yeah,
1: the whole weekend it was massive tire problems, and then you expect it on the left-hand side of the rear tire because you cranked over so long with that amount of time. Coming out of the front straight, and you're putting, all, trying to put all the power down that you can. You really cook the left hand side of the tire, but it blows my mind. An old dirt track racer having front tire problems. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand that. But that's what the deal was. But congratulations, Jonathan Ray, mm-hmm, doing the you, double with your anti-chaz machine with the uh, that new ZX10. I don't know. They've got a. They need to get some more development on it, but it'll come. And that bike will be just as fast. It's even faster than the old one, but it'll step up. But the biggest surprise for me this weekend was World Supersport. That 600RR that they've got P.J. Jacobson on, that thing's got some motor. Because he was passing Kawasaki's at will down the front straight. I mean, was flat getting it. He He actually had rear tire issues. He couldn't. He was talking about it on Facebook yesterday or this morning or something like that. He could only go half throttle coming out of the corner or the bike would spit on. Huh. So, but he ended up fifth with a crap rear tire. Wow. So, PJ, and PJ got second last year on two different bikes. Started off on a cowway, they put him on a Honda and ended up second in the championship. So, PJ's going to do well this year. Ken Safaglu, the world's greatest 600 track racer track rider. He, he can't do anything on a super bike, but he can ride the daylights out of a 600. Um, Peanut, what winning, I think? I can't remember. I was kind of tired at that point from everything that had happened that day. <laughs> but World Superbike looks like it's going to shape up and be a really good season this year. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of good... All the manufacturers, there's a lot of good support out there for the most part, but... It's going to be a fun year. Johnny's, Jonathan Ray's obviously got the target on his back, but it'll be fun. It's yeah. going to be a good year of racing. Hopefully, got a lot of good competition. Yeah. This hopefully, year. it doesn't turn into the Jonathan Ray show and he just checks out and leaves everybody. I honestly, I, I don't, don't
0: think this year that's going to happen. I, don't I think see there's too either, much, still, too much good competition.
1: Yeah, but um, he Everybody was kept honest this past weekend, so we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a good year. It's real racing that. again.
0: Yeah. Uh, next round's uh, two weeks out, 11th through the 13th. Yeah, that's it. Where is it,
1: Thailand? Yeah, it's in Thailand. So this is a new track for, this is a newish track, so it's going to be pretty green. (sighs) So it's going to be pretty slick for the first day. And then once they get some rubber down, it'll get faster. But it'll be fun. I think, I don't know if they've been there or not. I'm not keep. I haven't kept up with it, so. Yeah, I don't remember this track ever. Being mentioned before. But it'll be fun. It's going to be a good. Ra- Again, you can't go wrong with super superbike racing. And I will say this the BN coverage, I know some, most, some of you don't get BN network. Like us. Like us, yeah. The coverage is wonderful. It may, it's not HD, but you get practice, you get qualifying, you get the race, you get really good coverage. They've got, God loving, they've got Roger Lee Hayden doing color commentary on the opening stuff. <laughs> And again, God love Rogers. Nice. He's not a talker. And he knows his stuff, obviously. He's a factory. He's, done, he's raced in the World Superbike before, and he's a wonderful rider. And the fact that he's thinking his brother did not hurt. But. <laughs> doesn't have the presence. Doesn't have the presence. And I'm sorry. Greg White. Again, God love him. When you put up 1996, we're a sport, uh, super sport champion. Um. We're a super sport novice champion because that was the year Aaron Yates won. Uh, Expert. Gotcha. So and everybody freaking out, oh, we're going to shout out. No, they didn't. There was no shout out whatsoever. It just said, hey, we're a. Ain't nobody, okay, what what is that? And that doesn't mean people are going to join up and go, I want to go racing now. It's, no, stop it. Calm down. Yay. If you really want to, you know, if you want people to realize what, how good it is and what it is, uh, you might as well just go ahead and talk about the guys that have come through here that have turned into world champions like Scott Russell and Nikki right. and Josh and pretty much everybody you know so what what do you Fist bumping the air for you trying to fly? Scott Russell. Uh, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, the oh, chief. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> Sorry. The, <laughs> I, what, I didn't understand what he was doing. Right. But anyway. But yeah, that was World Super Sport. World yeah. Super Bike. I'm excited. Time is going to be fun.
0: Official testing for GP starts Wednesday in Qatar.
1: Right, Qatar. Okay. In Qatar. And
0: then it uh, looks like round one actually starts on the 20th. Where is
1: that? Where is it In At Qatar. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll uh, see... Where everybody's at with the new electronics. Um,
0: uh, it's kind of weird that uh, Moto Two's testing in Jerez.
1: That is a little weird.
0: On Wednesday, while GP's testing in
1: uh, Qatar. Well, this way, no GP guys, nobody's in each other's way. Yeah, they can have the tracks to themselves. But listen, but the rumor is, at the end of this year, the silly uh, toward the end of this year, the silly season is going to get nuts because. Every factory rider's contract is up. Uh Uh-huh. And the name that is getting kicked around really hard, Mm -hmm. Maverick Vinales. Oh, yeah. Maverick is being kicked around. That name is being kicked around. I've
0: been seeing his name pop up in a lot of stuff He
1: is a lot faster than anyone thinks, and he's putting that Suzuki. He was top in testing the last test. Wow. Maverick is really quick, and if they can get some power out of the Suzuki, then he's going to be a very strong contender for race wins. He's not gonna. I don't see him being able to top Lorenzo, but he was racing with Marquez when Marquez was. On, they were both on one, two, five, or Moto three bikes, hmm. and only it was either one one or two people winning. It was either Mark, it was Maverick. So, let's see what happens because I'm a I am a Maverick fan just because he's on Suzuki, but let's see what happens with him. He's gonna be fast.
0: Yeah,
1: but. Other than that, yeah. nothing really else. I mean, this year is going to be a learning year because everybody's on Michelins again and the, the uh, spec electronics. Oh, true. So we'll see. Right. But what was the question? We were going to. Yeah, we got question. a question from Tony. Tony. Uh, actually, in
0: regards to racing. Sure. Uh, he's He called in. He didn't want to leave a message. I actually spoke with him. Um. Uh, he never thought about racing ever mm-hmm. for himself, and have, considering that we've been talking great length about racing several podcasts in a row, he only thing he knows truly about racing is you jump on your bike with your leathers, and you twist the throttle, and you hold on as best as you can.
1: Which is pretty much actually what racing is.
0: Yeah. So he was wondering, what would the average rider do to
1: even start racing? Okay. This is what you need to do. To get into road racing, um, so the easiest, the best thing I can say, if you've never been on a racetrack, you need to do track days first. You need to get some. You need to get some track miles under your belt. If you've done track days, then this is this is easy. Um, and this is something we've covered uh, yeah. two podcasts ago, I think. If you've done track days before, this is what you need to do. You go find you. If you're going to get into racing, I'm. You don't. I'm going to tell you from watching it and personal experience. You don't want to jump on a 600 and just dive into the 600 class as your first race. That's a bad idea. You're jumping into a big old swimming pool that's full of sharks. On that one, what you want to do? Go take a race school. Go take the Ed Bargy school. He's around every once in a while. Just find a race school. You can do Ed Bargy. You can do the California Superbike School. Um, Just go do a road racing school. That way you can learn how to be safe. You can do track days all you want, but to be a safe racer, it's completely different. Because there are procedures and protocols and everything that you have to follow. That is a race start. That is uh, proper ways of getting on and off the track. uh, Proper things to do if you crash. Proper things to do if you... You know, if you touch another rider, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, Take a riding school. You'll do a right. They will actually follow you around and make sure you know what you're doing. Um, And then when you get your license, then you get to go play. Now, we said this last week or whenever we had Dallas on. You need to get in a lightweight, either like a lightweight twins, like an SV650. Or that Grom class that they just started. The right, Grom class looks super affordable. Super, really more affordable and looks like it's a whole lot of fun because you're not going 110. Like you might get 70 miles an hour out of a Grom. Big misconception. You need a fast bike to have fun you racing. You do not wow. have to have a fast bike to have fun and go racing. Some of the best races and some of the most fun I've had is on Ninja 250s. Some of the closest racing has been East Superstock class where on, everybody's on Ninja 250s and everybody's within... A, Two tenths of a second of each other, and you can throw a blanket over the top ten. So, go take your race school. You don't have to. You don't even have to have a fully fared bike. All you need is a number plate and a turkey baster under the bottom. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's a two. I don't know how much the big turkey basters are now, but it's a two dollar belly pan. And you zip tie or wire that thing up. Safety wire that thing up, and boom, you're ready to go. You, you got to safety wire all the bolts and everything on your suspension in there. All that stuff because if it comes out, then you don't want it leaving the bike and being debris on the track because there's nothing worse than getting caught in the chest with a drain plug. That's not fun. Um, and then what you do is you just go in the paddock and you get, you know, certain things you got to pick up, but there you go. You get on the track and you go race. Um, there's a couple of different. Groups, you've got Azra, you've got CCS, you've got Weira. Where is the biggest one? Mm-hmm. Where is the one where you see the future of the sport coming out of America yeah. for production bike racing? Which honestly, so we could use more talent coming out of where. There's some kids coming that are going to be pretty cool. We just need to see more and more people. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, then you've got, oh gosh, what's on in the West? Uh, NCM. They're in the Midwest, they do a lot of stuff in the Midwest. That's, that's all I can think of. They've got Weir West, that does mm-hmm. you know, Las Vegas and Willow Springs and all that kind of stuff. Right. right?
0: And again, you know, if uh, you know a true super sport or uh, sport bike's not really your thing, you can also do Arma vintage racing.
1: Arma uh, Arma's huge.
0: Well, and a couple a, of years back, I know. Really sorry, I'm not sure how if it's still going now. Hmm. Um, people were taking the old CB one sixties from oh, yeah. the late sixties, early seventies, yeah. and. Making really cool, really fast—well, fast, well, fast for, for what they are—for 160 uh, race bikes out of these things, and just having a good old time doing it.
1: Yeah, if doing vintage racing, doing Arma and that kind of stuff, you can run pretty much anything. They had an Arma weekend down in Nola, I think. Right. Uh, I had a friend, Colin. He took uh, TL 1000. and He just got done building down there, so it's one of those things. You don't have to have the brand new stuff, and they've got a lot of classes out there for a lot of different stuff. So, if you're into the old school Honda CL360s, you can make a race bike out of that. So, and then just find an organization that you would want to run with. Find a weekend that's close and just go hang out. You don't have to race. You can go watch, hang out, ask people questions. So, that's what you, honestly, go to a race that you want to go, that you want to eventually compete in, and go check it out. Um, it's not cheap. Definitely not cheap. The most expensive thing you're going to be buying is tires. And, and again,
0: if you've been riding a motorcycle for any length of the time, you know nothing about a motorcycle is cheap.
1: Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like the mafia. Once you get in, you'll never get out. I, We've always – I've met some of the, my best friends at the racetrack. I've met family members that aren't family at the racetrack. So it's good fun. It's really, really good fun. It's a good place to be. And everybody's usually pretty laid back, pretty nice. Kids are around, you know. The, part of that, the party days aren't really around anymore, which is kind of sad at times. But whatever. Eh,
0: you know, it, it's there, and it's not there. It's, yep. It all depends who you roll with, mm-hmm. like anything else.
1: Yep. But I'm pretty sure we're done. Um,
0: actually, you know, there is something that just kind of came up here. Hold on a second. Uh-oh. Um, what? Speaking of Bell. Uh, oh yeah,
1: this news. Yeah, apparently
0: BRG, uh, who owns Bell and some other bicycle-related companies, uh, Giro, Sea uh, Cream, uh, and the new 360 Fly Camera company. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they got bought out by Vista Outdoors uh, for the sum of four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred million dollars. I'm mean, four hundred thousand thousand dollars for the sum of one million dollars. Yeah, which uh, for hey for us four hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that's kind of a surprise. Um, not really a whole lot that I can
1: see about what's going on with it. Um, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of out of the blue. All right. Um, kind we'll like the whole RevZilla thing. That yeah. was kind of out of the blue too. We'll see how it all goes because it's one of those deals where a company getting bought out that was really hitting its stride. Yeah.
0: Whenever this happens, way. it
1: never does goes well.
0: Right. I mean, Bell's had its ups and downs already in the past. Where yeah, well, for a long time, your your Bell motorcycle helmet was the Walmart helmet.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah. You know, I and mean, we both wear Bell stars. Mm-hmm. and there was a point in time not that long ago where I would touch a bell with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't put it on my head. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Yep. Um, if there's anything you want to hear in a future podcast, uh, give us a call, 2625 ride, yeah. or uh, hit us up on all the social media. Uh, again, we would uh, love to do a whole lot more. Uh, to do that, we need your help. Go and visit us at patreon.com backslash wingman's garage. Um, chip in if you can. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, I think yeah, that's pretty much it. For one of the first times ever, we actually had n-
1: nothing to say. No. I think Tyler fell asleep. Yeah, we're all kind of worn out from this weekend. <laughs> it's
0: this warm weather.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I guess on that note, This is Chris, the wingman, Tyler, the man of many names,
1: and then Daniel, the pretty boy.
0: Saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net.